Welcome to another message from Charles Millett Ministries. For more information, contact Christian Provision Ministries at 919-774-9462 or visit us online at www.christianprovision.com. believing God for. And as a church and as followers of Jesus Christ, y'all, I, I just think that we should think big. We should think big for God and we should serve big for God. So God really wants us to believe him for some amazing thing. So believing big is what God wants for his people and we should want to do big things in this season of our life. I believe that God has used this whole season to stretch all of us, to uh, extend opportunities to all of us, to cause all of us to see things through the eyes of God. And I want to know how many of you right now really, really want to do some big things for God? Yes. Do you know that you cannot do big things for God without God doing bigger things for you. That's right. You and I can't do big things for God without God looking at the big things that we actually are doing for him. And he says, you know what? I got something bigger for you than what you've done for me. So I want to encourage you to think big for the house of God. I want you to think big for your own house. And I want you to really, I want you to believe God for your own life. I want you to believe God for the amazing things that God wants to do in your life. So say this with me. God, my heart is open right now. Yes. My mind is ready right now. Come on, say this. Make me better, God. How about this? Make me bigger, God. Make me bigger, God, on the inside. Because I want my inside to grow. And God, let my life expand and Let my life change by your word in Jesus' name. Now, here in Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 2, God's chosen people uh, have been in a season of captivity. And they've been in captivity to the Babylonians. And, and, And God is ready to really, like, you know, show them how much he will do for you When you make up your mind that you're ready to trust God. God wanted to show them how much he would do for them and the places that he would take them to if they were really ready to again trust God with their life. And they had been through a season where they really didn't trust God the way that they should have trusted God. And God allowed them to be taken into captivity. Not to destroy them, not to ruin them, but really to teach them. And how many of y'all know that God really desires to teach us? He desires to make us better. And God said, now that you all have been through a a, a season of really it's kind of squeezed your life, put a lot of pressure on your life, and really it's kind of left y'all thinking small. It's kind of left y'all feeling like you don't have any strength. And God said, now that you're willing to respond to me the way that you should, He said, listen, I need you to know something. You are going to be so fruitful that you're going to have to expand 
your space, your dwelling space. You're going to have to stretch yourself like never before because I am going to do some things and show you just how big I am and what I can do when you choose to believe me and trust me with your life. So I want to call uh, your attention to uh, some of the key words and a couple of the key phrases that are in that scripture. And, and again, if we look at it at 54 and 2, we, we see words like enlarge. We see words like stretch, okay? We, we see words like spare not, which means don't hold back, all right? We see words like lengthen and we see strengthen and all of that stuff sounds powerful. Those are incredible life-changing words that God was speaking to his people. And it's almost like God was saying, you know what? I'm going to show you what it is that I can do when you choose to honor me. When you choose to honor the house of God, huh? when you choose to trust me with your life, God is literally saying in this scripture, you need to believe me for something because I'm going to show you how I can provide for you. I'm going to show you just how much I have in store for you. And this is on the backdrop of coming out of a, a situation and a season in their life where they have been just challenged on every hand and on every side. And God says, I'm going to show you. In other words, God is in the business right now. I'm not trying to give it back to us or give it to us like we used to have it. God is saying that as a result of what we have been through, y'all, in these seven and eight months of life change, God says, I'm going to give it to you like you've never had it before. And how many of y'all believe that God can give it to you and do for you like you have never had it before. That's why God is saying, what are you believing me for? Wow. Look, look, look just, just think about it. God is saying, I'm going to provide for you. And, and what I mean by this is, is, is God is continuing, y'all, to pour out on his people, even though they have been through a very tough, trying, almost dying season in their life. God said, I'm going to still pour out my blessings as a result of your willingness to trust me, as a result of your willingness to believe in me. God said, I'm going to pour out my blessings. I'm going to pour out my favor. I'm going to pour out my increase. And I'm going to pour this into your life. I'm going to pour it into your home. I'm going to pour it into your business. Y'all, we're talking about praying and, and thanking big for God. And I can't pray and thank big for God without God thinking big for me. So we serve a God who wants us to know that he's our provider. Woo! Get ready to expand. Get ready to enlarge because where you've been has literally been too small. Because the way I'm going to provide for you is going to require you to need to be stretched. Woo God cares about us. That's why in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 30, God says, you know what? He says, the very hairs on your head are numbered. God said the hairs on your head are actually numbered. 
which means there's no way God can like know every string of hair I got on my head and every string of hair you got on your head unless his eyes are on us. I mean, every string of hair, it's, 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 it's numbered. It's like if you comb, you brush your hair today and one falls out, God keeps up with how many you got left. <laughs> God knows us just that well. Isn't that amazing? That is so incredibly amazing. God knows exactly what we need. He wants to bring blessings and he wants to bring favor. He wants to open doors for you. Why? Because that's the kind of God that you're serving. You're serving the kind of God that's saying to you, you trusted me during this pandemic. You believed me through this pandemic. You depended on me during this pandemic. You looked to me during this pandemic. And I want you to know that as a result of that, get ready for a great expansion. And I want you to believe me. I want you to believe me. And I want you to, I want you to believe big. So here's a question that I have for you again. Uh, for you as an individual, for even uh, us as a church, what do you believe in God for? Not what is somebody else believing God for. Not what is Bishop believing God for. Not what is your spouse believing God for. There's nothing wrong with the people in your life believing God for something. It's, it's, it's not about what are the people in the room or on the chat or across from you are believing God for. But what are you believing God for? And when I say, what are you believing God for? I'm not talking about just wishing for something. I'm talking about taking steps of faith. I'm talking about being the kind of people that are intentional with your words, intentional with your prayers, and intentional with your decisions. I'm going to be intentional with my words to believe God for something, with my prayers to believe God for something, and with the decisions that I make to believe God for something. I want to be, and I want you to be like folk in the Bible, like over in, you can look at it in your leisure in Luke chapter 8, where there was a man named Jarius, who was a leader himself, and his daughter had fallen sick, and, and she was dying, and, there, and there, there, was, there was nothing in the land that could cure her, and he had heard about Jesus, and you know what he did? He went to Jesus and chose to believe Jesus for his daughter's healing. That's what he believed Jesus for. And he went to Jesus and he said, listen, my daughter is sick and she's lying at the point of death, but I believe if you will come and lay your hands on her, good God Almighty, my daughter will be healed. And Jesus said, you know what? I'll go with you. Lord, have mercy on you. Are you listening to me? Yes. And even while... Jesus was going with Jairus to heal his daughter. In that same book, a woman comes up who has an issue of blood, who's literally been hemorrhaging for over 12 years, had been to every doctor in town. Instead of getting better, she got worse. Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house to heal his daughter because Jairus had believed God that his daughter could be healed. And meanwhile... Here comes this woman. And this woman says, I've been everywhere in town. I've been to everybody I could go to. Instead of getting better, I've been getting worse. But I heard about Jesus. And she said, if I could but touch the hem of his garment. In other words, she'd been sick. She's been hemorrhaging for 12 years. But she said, I'm going to believe Jesus that I can be healed. 
And all I got to do is touch his garment. What do you believe in God for? And while Jesus was on his way again to Jairus' house to heal his daughter, because Jairus had released his faith to believe that Jesus could heal his daughter. And a woman comes right up, and there she is. She touches the hem of his garment. And guess what? Wow. She gets healed. You know why? Because she believed Jesus that she could be healed. She set her faith in that direction. She said this to herself. It comes a time in your life when you are sick and tired of being sick and tired and been through enough and you're tired of enough that you tell yourself, if nobody else don't tell me to get myself together, if nobody else don't tell me to, 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 to release my faith, if nobody else tells me to get to the Lord, I'm going to tell myself because I'm going to believe God for it. I'm going to believe God for it. And they both were healed. Jairus' daughter was healed because he released his faith to believe that Jesus could do it. In Matthew chapter 8, there's a centurion, a ruler of the synagogue, who has a servant who is sick to death. And he goes to Jesus, releases his faith, and says to Jesus, my servant is sick, Lord, but I believe that if you lay your hands on him and you pray for him, I believe my servant will be healed. And Jesus said, I'm going with you. I'm going to go with you. And I'm going to lay hands on your servant because you have believed me for this. And the centurion looked at Jesus and this is what he said. It was so amazing. He said, I'm a man in authority. And when I tell one to go, he goes. When I tell another to come, he comes. And he says, Jesus, you're a man of authority. You know what he said? He said, you don't even have to come to my house to pray for my servant. Speak the word only. Glory to God. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. You go look at it in your leisure in Matthew chapter. Do you know what Jesus said? I'm going to tell you what he said. Jesus said, I ain't seen faith like this. Even among my people that come to church every week. And here is a man that's released his faith to believe me. To trust me. That doesn't even really know me like that. But he's heard about me. And heard enough about what I can do that he's chosen to believe. What are you believing God for? What are you believing God for? Jarius believed for his daughter. The woman with the issue believed for her healing. And here the centurion believed for his servant. And I want to know, is it anything that you can release your faith and choose to believe God for Today, what do you believe in God to do in your life? Glory to the Lamb of God. Jesus, Jesus, this is the kind of talking that Jesus would do with people. He would talk to people in such a way because he had so much he wanted to do for people. The Lord has so much he wants to do for you. It ain't like God gonna do so much for you until there ain't gonna be nothing left for me. It ain't like God gonna do so much for me that ain't gonna be nothing left for your cousin. God got all of us covered. And God is saying, what is it 
that you're believing me for. In Mark chapter 11, verse 22 down through verse 24, Jesus, it's, it's amazing how Jesus would talk to people. The kind of things that Jesus would say. And, but this is the way he talked because this is what he wanted people to believe. And, 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 and he said, he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, but shall believe, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus is saying, as anybody can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. He says, if you can believe it, you can receive it. What are you believing God for? What are you believing God for? He said, Jesus would say stuff like this. You got a big mountain in front of you. And a big mountain is not literally just a physical mountain. The big mountain can be anything standing between you and what you're believing God for. Because when you start to believe God for stuff, it is the job of your adversary to try to get between you and what you're believing God for. And so the Lord says sometimes that what the enemy and what you find yourself dealing with is the equivalent to a mountain. It's something blocking you. It's, it's, and the mountain is designed, oh, glory to God. The mountain is designed, number one, to block your view. To block your view so you can't see and then make you believe that it's too huge for you to get over or too huge for you to get around. But Jesus says stuff like this. Listen, no matter how big or how large the mountain is, the thing that tries to stand between you and what you believe in God for, Jesus says if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you could, you, you could, you, you could speak to that mountain. He didn't say you, you, you just got to go pick it up and try to move it. He said you speak to it. He didn't say you got to climb it. Why climb what you can speak to? Why exhaust yourself trying to get rid of what you can speak to? He said, if you got faith the size of a mustard seed, you, you, you can speak to what's between you and what you believe in God for and make that stuff. Listen, your words can make big stuff that's trying to stand between you and God. Your words can bring it down and make it small. Can you believe God? A little bit. Don't let the circumstances and the situations that you've got to trust God through interfere with your ability to trust God. I'm telling you, you can do it. What is it right now that you are believing God for? I need you. God needs you to believe him for something. And not just something. God needs you to believe him for something big. Because when you speak to the mountain, when you speak to that thing that's trying to stand between you and God, according to the word of God, it has to move. So now I understand why God wants my first and why God wants my best. God wants my first and my best, your first and your best, because God is never going to ask you for something without him preparing to give you something back. So God wants my first and God wants my best 
because he plans to give me better, greater, his best. God's not going to ask me for anything. He never wants something from us without giving us something. That's the kind of God that we have. That's why God said in Luke 6 and 38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, running over, shall men give it in your book. The Lord says, here's my instruction, and every instruction got a promise connected to it. Give and it shall be. Give and it shall be. I'm not going to ask you for something without planning to give you something back. I'm not going to ask you for something big without planning to give you something bigger. Give and it shall be given. Glory to the Lamb of God. Matthew 6 and 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying God wants your best. God wants your first. Just like we share and we teach about the tithe and we teach about the tenth. We teach about the first fruit of our giving. God does require it. God requires our first. God requires our tenth. God requires our best. But he never wants your best without giving something to you. When God requires something from us, it's because he has something for us. God will share something with you to do and then attach a promise to it if you carry it out. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? But that's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God that he is. God always has something for you when he requires something of you. So he attaches a promise with everything that he asks us to do. Why does God talk that way? Why does God give an instruction and attach a promise to it? Why does God share what he wants us to do and then turns around and attaches a benefit to it? Because heaven doesn't want anything from us without planning to give something to us. That's the way the kingdom of God is structured in our life. So I want to, you mind if I help you trust God for more? I want to help you trust God for more. That's that, <laughs> glory to God. Come on, say that with me. God, I want to trust you for more. Because even the teachings of the tithe that we refer to often in Malachi chapter 3, bring the tithe. The first fruit, the tenth. Bring it into the storehouse of the Lord. And Jesus says, do that, that it might be meat in mine house. And then he attaches the promise. Prove me. Prove me. Do it and see what I'll do. Trust me and watch what I'll do. Dare to believe me and watch what I'll do. Prove me is what he says. See if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. He says, believe me for it. Believe me for it. Trust me for it. Watch what I'm going to do for you. Why? Because God never wants something from us without giving something to us. I just want you to know the nature of your God. And he wants you to believe him for something. What are you believing God for? 
And I just want you to think, if, if, if you have been that kind of person, I pray you have not, but if you've ever been that place or you are that kind of person where you thought God was just a taker, and you're like, well, when you go to church or when you gather in the house of God and when we regather and it becomes time to give or even when we're doing it virtually, and you're like, oh, Lord, here we go again. God trying to get something from me. I better guard my purse. I better watch over my wallet. Come on, y'all. Come on. If you had that mindset, I want to introduce you to a generous God. I want to introduce you to the God that never wants something from us without giving something to us. That's why God is not offended when you and I ask him to do things for us. God is not offended when we ask him to do stuff for us. We're talking about believing God for big things and doing big things for God, growing our families, expanding the house of God, doing great things for our communities. And how many of you know that the church was not our idea? It was God's idea. Maybe we need to go there for just a minute. The church wasn't Bishop's idea. The church wasn't Pastor Patty's idea. The church wasn't even your idea. The church is God's idea. Upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I choose to be good, to do for my people. I choose to challenge my people to believe me. Let me ask you another question. How many of you know that right now in this pandemic, God is building his church? How many of you know right now in this pandemic that God is building in your home? God is building in your life. How many of you know right now in this pandemic, God is taking care of you? God is looking out for you. And God wants you to believe him <laughs> for some great things. There's nothing that you and I can do right now that's more important than being in partnership with what God is doing in our life and what he's doing to build his church. And sometimes people are like, well, I just, I just want to do what God wants me to do. Well, this is a great place to start. As an individual, I'm a Christian, but corporately, y'all, we are the church. And that's why as a Christ, a Christ follower, I can't just make it all about me. Because God wants me to help build his church, want me to help build up people. He wants to bless the world through us. And really, y'all, that's why we're the light of the world. That's why we are a city that sits high on a hill that can't be hidden. That's why we are the salt of the earth. We're here on purpose by God's divine design. So God is not offended when I ask him for stuff. God is not offended when you ask him for things. As a matter of fact, the thing that bothers God is when we don't ask him. The thing that bothers God is when we don't come to him and ask him. Did you get that? Yes, he's not bothered by me coming. He's bothered when I don't come. When I don't come at all, that's the thing that concerns God. So this Sunday morning after Thanksgiving, I want to ask you, what are you believing God for? I know we're thankful. I know we're grateful. I'm thankful and I'm grateful. And the Lord said, I'm, God, I'm, I'm glad you're grateful. I'm, I'm glad you're thankful. I'm, I'm glad. That you're thankful. I'm glad that you give thanks. 
And God says, on the other side of that, now what else are you believing me for? I want to give you something else to give me big praise for. I want to give you something else to give me big thanks for. God says, come to me. What are we believing God for? And if you've, if, if, if you've pushed going to God and believing God, releasing your faith and trusting God, if you kind of push that on the back burner a little bit because you've been going through stuff, I want you to rethink that. Because to God, you trusting him, you coming to him, you believing him, all of that to God is important. It's very important to God. So God said to them, listen, expand your capacity to believe. Why? Because I know y'all are coming out of a very trying season and time in your life for your family. But he said, I'm going to enlarge you. I'm going to stretch you. Don't, again, spare not. Don't hold back. Release your faith. Believe me. I'm going to lengthen. I'm going to strengthen. So what is it that you and I are believing God for? What's the best that I can bring to God? with how good God has been to me. What is I can give to God? What can I invest in the kingdom of God? I can invest what God has been doing in me. I bring myself and what God has been doing in my life. And I release that because I got things I'm believing God for. There have been so, so many unbelievable and amazing testimonies that people like you have that have taken place during the course of this whole COVID-19 pandemic. During this whole entire crisis, amazing testimonies have come out of how people got things during the crisis that they were trying to get when there was no crisis. The level of expansion and increase and opportunities and how God has been adding, opening doors and making just like stupid ways. Just blessing people on every hand and on every side. And God is still doing great things because we have been finding a way during this time while we're dealing with our own challenges, not to make it all about us, but to look at how we could allow God to cause us to help others. And at the same time, God is saying, I'm pleased with that and I need you to believe me for big things because I have some huge things that I want to do in your life. What do you believe in God for? Charles Millett Ministries would like to thank you for listening to this message. We pray that the favor of God continues to elevate your life. Our mission is to get clear, get focused, and get moving. If you want more information about our ministry, please contact Christian Provision Ministries at 919-774-9462 or visit us online at www.christianprovision.com.